0: What's going on? This is part two. What's up? Um, On the same day? Uh, Same day. Yeah, same day, same clothes. Uh, Joe Sapien. Um, Costa. Um, Yeah, and we're going to try to figure out how to get this thing going. um,
1: So, I guess for this podcast, I'll ask Joe some questions about his job since he is a VSO. So, the first question would be.
0: What is VSO? Uh, What it stands for? So I'm a veteran service officer, what we do basically is almost like we do disability claims, but we're not attorneys. We have all the background, the knowledge that any attorney could do for you without having the law degree.
1: Well, it's good because otherwise you wouldn't be able to give any legal advice. And you still can't and we're not trying to give any legal advice at any point in this podcast so that would be our disclaimer for the rest of all our sessions
0: yeah keep in mind this is all just ideas and trying to help you guys out there's no real solid answer when it comes to the va left or right really you just try to do your best with what you got and hopefully it works out
1: yeah and uh this all been said not giving any legal advice, just sharing our experience. Um, most of the time Joe would share his experience and I might be able to figure out like how paperwork goes. Yeah. So um, what about VA, Joe? What is VA? Uh, how it is broken into like three
0: separate things? Yeah, so, why it is so? yeah. Um, so a big thing a lot of veterans aren't aware of is when it comes to the VA, the VA is a giant <laughs> government Agency. That agency is broken up into three different categories. The VA has the VA medical care and that's all they care about is the medical side. Then you got the VA's benefit side and all they care about is the benefits. And then you got the burial. Most of the time you don't have to worry about the burial, it's probably a family member that's gotta worry about that part. But when it comes to a disability claim or the basic things of average vet will go through, you're really dealing with the VA medical and the VA benefit side of things.
1: So if I understand it right, I might be uh, having, uh, like going to VA for appointments and let's say my uh, back or my knees all checked up. and But I would never get any uh, disability uh, payments for that, right?
0: Right. Yeah, just because you're going to VA medical doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get a disability claim or that you're going to get paid for anything. What you have to do is tie those disabilities to your military service in some kind of way and actually file a disability claim. Even though the VA diagnoses you with one thing or another, until you actually file that claim and it gets into the regional office of a VA facility, it means nothing.
1: So at the same time, I may have some kind of disabilities on my file, but I would never go to the hospital, right?
0: Right. And until until you actually file that disability claim, they won't really recognize it as an issue that you're dealing with.
1: Okay, yeah, makes sense. Uh, so what is a service connection? What is that?
0: Service connection is the disabilities for which we get paid for. It. What it comes, to, it doesn't have to be a uh, wartime service. A lot of guys think if you're not a war vet, then you're not going to get anything. That's absolutely wrong. If you put on that uniform and something happened to you, you absolutely have that right. Even if it comes to National Guard and Coast Guard and Reservist, I know a lot of you guys get screwed with a little bit, but if anything happened to you while, while you're active, you have that argument to file a disability claim as long as that disability is still affecting you today.
1: Right. Um, so, how, how do I prove my claim? Like, which, what should I do? Like, what kind of documents or what kind of,
0: when it you know, When it comes to um, your service connection disability claim, what you're trying to show, is something happened to you in service and some still bothering you today? So a lot of times guys don't go to sick call, but because you're infantry, there's a good chance that you're allowed around loud noises. So tinnitus ringing in the ears is one of the common ones that you see from a lot of military members. But say if something did happen to you and you had to go to sick call, and you hurt your knee, you twisted your ankle, you have bad allergies, the shaving profile for some of you guys, those are common things that happen. If you have it in your records and you got records now showing that it's still bugging you you're going to kaiser you're going to your doctor's office complaining about headaches complaining about that knee condition just like you were in service if you tie those two points you're good to go so what you want to show is something happened to me in service and that thing is still bothering me today And if you got the medical records to prove it you got pretty damn good odds you're going to get something out of it
1: so Let's say um, I got all that stuff I got like I twisted my pinky and uh, at one point it's on my file and um, I got all the documents to beg it up. Yeah. So uh, what is the benefit of me coming to you as a VSO officer? Why I can't
0: do it myself? Um, you definitely can do it yourself. It's not a problem. But if you do it yourself, there's a potential or a higher risk of errors that you may not be aware of or you may not do something proper. And so that's part of what we're trying to do with this podcast is try to get those little errors out of the way so hopefully you could try to figure something decent out and get a good outcome. The main thing of why you want to talk to a service officer is because they've been doing it for a while and they're trained into doing this. So when it comes to the VA and letters you get in the mail and things you've got to do to prove your case, hopefully those service officers could help back you up and show you what you've got to do to be more successful. But you could definitely do it yourself. That's never a problem.
1: Oh, that's a good point. And uh, as you mentioned earlier, so you might actually ask for the same services from attorney, right?
0: Definitely. Um, some veterans don't want to deal with the VA for whatever reason that may be. And sometimes they don't want to deal with the service officer because they had a bad issue in the past with one of them. The main thing with an attorney is attorney doesn't come in until the a decision's been made on your claim. So... First, you would file a claim, whether it's within a VSO or by yourself, and then the VA makes a decision, and usually at that point, you're, you don't like what that decision is, whether they denied you or they give you a low percentage, and you would talk to an attorney. The difference between an attorney and a VSO is that the attorney can now charge you 20% of that back pay. So once you get into the appeals process, you've probably already been a little bit past a year. And so if you keep going on at it, something basic like, say, headaches, sleep apnea, your knee could end up being a decent amount of back pay. And you'd have to pay that attorney 20% of that. But it's not a problem. If that's if you're willing to do that, then you could certainly go that route. But hopefully, if we do a decent job with this podcast, you might be able to save yourself a little bit of money.
1: Yeah, sounds good. And um, like from what I know from my experience, 20% is... Uh can be a lot of money, but it's still uh, kind
0: of fair. Yeah, it's not, it's it's a weird thing when when attorneys could charge veterans, but it's understandable when you have a lot of frustration when it comes with filing VA disability claims so that 20% may be worth just your peace of mind. Um, it's certainly true that attorneys for other conditions, say if it wasn't VA conditions, could charge a lot more than what they're charging with this, so that's true. But the main thing, no matter what you do, you want somebody that's going to back you up. Yeah. Whether it's a service officer, whether it's your neighbor who happens to be a veteran, or an attorney. You want whoever there that you have to help back you up, as long as you got people to back you up, you'll probably do okay. And
1: definitely not 50%. <laughs> <Yeah. so. laughs> yeah, like, <laughs>
0: Yeah, at the end of the day, that money's yours. You, earn, you earned it. You're the one that got disabled. Your best bet. Might as well go for it for just simple peace of mind. But yeah, don't let anybody charge you more than 20%. That'd be psychotic. And don't let a service officer charge you at all.
1: I mean, you know, like civil cases in general or like automobile accidents, you can expect 30% and it's fair. It's uh, it's fair enough. It can go up to maybe like 35. So 20% that's the lowest I've ever seen actually.
0: So yeah. it's not bad.
1: Yeah. Well, my other question would be like looking at myself. Like I'm probably look like a young guy um, from outside, pretty healthy, pretty broken maybe inside. Uh, so why should I file for disability? Like why should I take from somebody else? Like why should I make a not a hole in the budget, because we're all paying taxes, so the disability comes, yeah. payment comes from the taxes, so why should I file and take it from somebody else? Maybe somebody who is on wheelchair needs it much more than myself, like why should I file?
0: Yeah, there's, there's certainly that perception that if we file that we're taken away from somebody else, and I, it's really just how we think as veterans, you know, we're always about the others more than anything else. I mean, that's a good example why this podcast even exists is because we're trying to figure out how to help the others, yeah. whoever that may even be. And, and help all
1: ourselves at the same time to figure out the things, how it goes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. The more and more you practice, the definitely more you're going to figure it out. Um, but the main thing when it comes to the VA, now that you're out and you're not wearing that uniform anymore, the easiest way we take care of each other and back each other up, even the guys from... Uh, from previous wars is by filing your disability claim. A good example of that would be the Vietnam vets. They were arguing about Agent Orange issues for years and everybody ignored them. But because they kept pushing, they kept fighting, and they kept proving that these conditions were because of their service and they fought for VA rights, that's how we're fortunate now to get to where we are. Yep, right. But just because we're the VA is better than it was in the past doesn't mean that we get to stop and sit down at, our job now being the newer generation to get it to that better point. So when our grandkids are going going through the same BS, hopefully they have a smoother ride and they have an idea of what their benefits are. Because you will talk to a lot of veterans, even World War II veterans, who had no idea that they could file. And so the idea of this is trying to at least give you the idea that you can file, that there is something there for you. When it comes to the disability, don't really think of it as much as you're a disabled person, as much as something you earn. The things that you're getting paid for is something that you did in service and something that you actually fought for, even if it was simple training. Everything that we were doing was building towards something else. So if you got injured, get paid. It's about taking care of each other because if we have all these disabilities, then you could kind of help these other guys that need it more. So like, a common one in Iraq would be headaches, fatigue, um, was it IBS, things like that. And so if you could build it up and show that this is happening to more than just a few soldiers, then we could push things to a better, to a better spot to where Agent Orange isn't getting sprayed anymore, to where we're not using these certain chemicals or these certain weapons because of things that may come from them. So it's a, it's a way of protecting each other. It's a way of making the VA better it's a way of taking care of the future generations that are going to come after us. And so the Vietnam wets did one hell of a job in making it easier on us, but now it's our job to make it go that much further.
1: Yeah, so so I shouldn't feel be- like worse if I see somebody in a wheelchair who's getting like 30% service-connected disability and myself, I'm getting 50% just because of my pinky?
0: No. Um... Yeah, odds are you probably want to get 50% out of a pinky, yeah. <laughs> but just because you see a guy in a wheelchair doesn't necessarily mean that his military put him in that position. And just because you see a guy who's walking around that looks young and may have a 100% disabled rating, there's you could assume that is fine, but maybe he's not. So it's really not up to us to judge that person's background is just be thankful that he got it, because if you see that guy walking around 100% and you think he looks healthy, that gives you way better odds for you. But that guy in a wheelchair, that guy that's healthy with 100%, that now does give that guy better odds of, the guy in the wheelchair, better odds of trying to get a higher percentage, depending on what his issues are. But just because you don't know that person's background, you shouldn't really judge him for one percentage being higher than another. Because you really have no idea what these people's backgrounds are.
1: Yeah, and myself, I um, 100% agree with what Georgia just said and pretty much like if you see somebody who is uh, like 100% connected and um, you're just 30%. Um, I don't feel jealous for him because if I can figure it, like help him out and tell him like what happened to me and how did I get to that point to that 30% what kind of papers I had to file that might help him. Maybe yeah. not the guy who is hundred percent, but maybe the guy who got ninety percent or like seventy percent. It's not because he might get more, but he might be uh might be able to establish that connection in between his uh, like what happened with him in the service and like what he's going through like right now. And uh it might help him later. And uh speaking also about the budget, uh so because eventually it's a taxpayer's money. But I agree with Joe, so maybe right now, it will help you to get to another point. So just take it, what you earned and move on. If uh, at some point you like win a lottery and you got like 10,000 or like 100 million or so whatever, right. just maybe uh, write a check, give it back to VA, give it to veterans, like establish your own program or just say that I don't need those disabilities anymore. I got enough money to support myself and my family.
0: Right. That it, might be an option. No, it certainly is. But uh, it, it definitely is taxpayer money, but keep in mind that the taxpayers requested a military for their country, that when you're asking these young guys to join the military, that there's potential that they could be injured, whether they're peacetime or not. And for you putting on that uniform, it's recognized. It should be recognized. So if you got injured, whether it's because of peacetime or wartime or anything in between, if you were active duty and you got injured, go for it because it's there and it's set aside for you. It is mandated for you. But the the government can't force you to take it. You got to request it. Yeah.
1: And um, like myself, I'm, I'm actually so grateful that VA exists. Because without VA, we wouldn't be able to get any help. Yeah. And um, Just look at the price of the insurance that you have to pay. And uh, VA is here and it's been established for veterans. So whether you served one year or like five years or 10 years or retired after like 25 years or 30 years plus, VA is here for you. And those people do like hell of a job helping us out, helping everybody out. And um, I can tell you that they treat like myself the same way they would treat somebody who's been like in the service for 30 years plus. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's really a, like a blessing to have VA.
0: Yeah. And it's definitely, whether you want to use the VA for medical or not, at least use them as a secondary, just in case something does happen. Yep. So if you could have them in your back pocket at the very least, because you never know what happens in life.
1: So let's say, um, I got out of the military, uh, filed for disability, got my 30%, or hundred percent, or like 60% and can kind of work. Like if I find a a job, a decent job finally, so can I work with my disability ratings?
0: Absolutely. Um, You'll hear a lot of guys that think that if you get the 100% rate that you can't work or if you get a disability rating that means you can't work and that's not the the case, it's not true. You could be 100% disabled and still work. You want to try to work with something that's not going to screw with your disability that ability to work. There's a lot of military guys that gone on to live pretty decent lives. Um, when people think about not being able to work, they're usually getting the unemployable mixed up with the basic 100% from your disability. If you hit a 100% just due to your natural self because of the conditions that you have, you can still work do what you gotta do. If Because the VA's math is a little funny, so like when you get that 70 and the 50, it doesn't really add up to 100 then guys will go for the unemployable or the IU the individual unemployability that means you can't work there is a catch to where you can work part time but you really want to be careful with that because if you work in part time for a long time then you could kind of argue that it's employment and so they could kind of mess with you a little bit but in a general rule if you're on the unemployable you're unemployable and you don't really want to work so your next best bet would probably get social security disability or social security from your work history
1: yeah and um I guess like more specific questions we'll uh, cover later in the podcast as
0: definitely will how to get
1: those disabilities
0: yeah and we'll pick apart that a little bit better than those quick little statements but yeah
1: because yeah you might ask question like can I um can they take my guns just because because I got uh Depression or PTSD or something like that. Will it affect me or like how can I apply for school or uh, Can I apply for school for uh, with in-state tuition or out-of-state tuition? We'll try to cover all those questions uh,
0: later But yeah, so ask us your questions Let us know what's going on And we'll try to figure it out and get you to the best place you need to be Thanks guys subscribe